This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Talk Radio. Julia Hartley Brewer at breakfast on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Dave Chawner's a comedian. He's still with me. But right now, delighted to welcome the Transport Secretary, Grant Shapps, to the show. Good morning to you. Good morning. Finally, we are getting an announcement about those quarantine measures that were brought in a few weeks back. A lot of people thinking they should have been brought in many months ago, but a lot of people also horrified that uh, we were suddenly being told we uh, could go on holiday if we wanted, uh, but we could have to space two weeks in quarantine on our return. Uh, what are you going to be announcing today and how many countries can we now travel to and return without spending two weeks in our homes? Department of Transport is expected today to publish their traffic light rating of countries where passengers can travel without isolating for a fortnight on their return to Britain and it's believed that some 40 countries although I mean 40, 50, 60, 70 countries were listed but 40 countries would get a green rating so you can travel immediately to them and not face uh, any uh, travel restrictions on your return Uh, and a further 33 are expected to be given the amber rating uh, with travel possible over the coming weeks and months once the government has struck reciprocal deals because of course you may be able to come back from some countries without facing uh, quarantine Uh, but if you have to face quarantine when you get to those countries that's probably not much use to you, especially if you're planning to travel around. Because we know that a lot of the countries likely to be included, which you could uh, travel to as of now, effectively, uh, will be uh, countries many will go on holiday to. Uh, Grant Chaps, I think we've got you back on a clearer line. Hi there. Hello. Yeah, got, we've gone for good old-fashioned mobile phones. They often work quite well, don't they? Let's, <laughs> let's go. go. Right, I've just been given the lowdown on, on the, the number of countries, some 40, given a green rating, 33, Amber. Um, um, let's, let's just go over I mean, why it's taken so long for the government to announce this when so many people would have been keen to book a holiday and so many airlines and travel companies desperate to get their business back up running. Well, the very first thing is we wanted to do this in a completely scientific and medical way so we get to grips with exactly what's happening in those countries. And although you see, you can sort of go on a website and you can say, oh, X country has got Y infections and uh, and fatalities, it doesn't tell you the whole story about how good their data collection is, uh, about what tests and traces are in place and so on and so forth. So we've worked with the Joint Biosecurity Centre, Public Health England, the Chief Medical Officer, uh, for them to produce uh, lists which are uh, entirely reliable, and that's taken quite a bit of research. Uh, and uh, but the upshot of that is a list today with over 50 countries uh, and more if you include the territories uh, where people will travel. 
uh, and come back and not have to quarantine for 14 I mean, days. Some of the countries who have been you know, listed, the Spains, France, Germany, Italy, places a lot of people will go on holiday and we perhaps already have holidays booked that haven't yet been cancelled in this country. But a lot of people think it's a bit bizarre that you introduced a quarantine programme long after we had mass infections in this country and a quarantine programme uh, for countries which, say, like Portugal, which have had a much lower rate of infection. Do you now regret that decision? Well, uh, you and I have discussed this well, more than one oh, occasion, of course. It based on the, uh, the advice provided by the medical officer who said you can, if you quarantine at the beginning, you find it won't make much difference. And guess what? Um, you know, Northern Italy, America, you know, countries that, that have, you know, America been able to fly there for a very long time, but of course we know it's rushing there. Uh, he said, and it looks like he was right about this, you, end, you use a quarantine once you've got it under control in your own country, and by doing so, you prevent uh, reinfection from people coming here or going abroad and coming, and that's why we're doing it, why we've done it now. And then in terms of these countries, as I said, there's quite a process uh, to put in place. Uh, and uh, it's, it, you know, it is the case that, uh, unfortunately, not every country will be on the list. Um, but that's because uh, we still had concerns uh, and we need to wait uh, until either the data is resolved or, 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 um, or, or you know, obviously the infection rate is uh, lower uh, than the UK. Otherwise, we can't uh, read it. Um, do you think this news has come soon enough? And we are heading towards, you know, it's early July, heading towards the uh, school holidays starting. An awful lot of people haven't booked any flights, haven't booked any holidays uh, because they just don't know whether they'd be able to take that holiday. You know, a week in Spain and then two weeks sat at home not earning money isn't viable for most people in this country. Do you think that you should have actually done this sooner to help not just ordinary people who might want to try and get a holiday abroad after months and months in lockdown, but also, well, crucially, you know, the, the people who, in the, who are going to face losing their jobs the airlines we've seen airbus we've seen easyjet Ryanair, ba everyone's just they're losing jobs left right and center these are real people real lives are going to be ruined by losing their jobs and and part of this is down to the fact that they didn't know whether they'd be able to actually have flights in the summer shouldn't you have acted sooner well like all the things in in, in with regard to coronavirus it's a judgment isn't it and it, what you don't want to do is end up throwing away the very hard-won gains uh, of people having spent you know, what is it, over three months at home. Uh, and then you don't want to sort of just turn around and go, well, now caution to the wind, we'll, 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 we'll uh, you know, allow this travel to take place, no quarantining. And it would have been, frankly, I think, an irresponsible approach. So I'm afraid caution has had to come first. And I know people are very keen in some cases to get away. Other people are going to holiday at home or aren't going away. But I know that it's been frustrating, but it is critically important that we have the right countries on the list. Uh, and also, I was thinking that we might be able to make the announcement uh, with all four nations of the United Kingdom together. Uh, the devolved administrations, the Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, uh, are, still have their own processes to go through. It doesn't come in until the 10th of July, so I'm hopeful they may still introduce it at or around the same time but could the whole we, of the UK. Could we face a situation where somebody uh, travels from, uh, you know, from Glasgow to go and get a, a plane out of the country in, I don't know, Manchester or Newcastle or something, they get a plane out of the country and they return and they'd actually have to quarantine for two weeks if they return to Scotland? Yes, I mean, that is up to the Scottish government. Uh, and uh, so th- th- at the moment, that is indeed the, the case. Um, so you will need to, if you are um, listen to this and you're in Scotland, you will need to check with the, the what uh, the Scottish government okay. puts out in the next few days. This is an, it, this is an England measure. I'm very much hoping that they join us, but 
up to them. Okay, a lot, a lot of people are a bit confused. And I know I am about, you know, I don't I don't personally, I mean, I, I have any worries. I've got a flight's booked. I'm planning to get out of here. I'm, I want to go on holiday. I want to see family. Um, but um, a lot of people are a bit confused that we're having to social distance at work and in public transport here in the, in, in, in the UK. And yet we can get on a plane and sit completely right next to someone, not two metres apart. Why is it that social distancing rules don't apply on aeroplanes? Well, we have published detailed guidance for the airlines uh, and they are following it. Uh, And that means, for example, face coverings are being worn. uh, They're not providing food and drink on those uh, those flights. Uh, There's a lot of precaution in place at uh, airports. I've just uh, heard from Throw this morning who are obviously welcoming this but stressed the the measures that they put in place. This isn't really sort of quite life back to normal, I'm afraid. Um, It is a bit more towards normality. Um, and when you get to your destination, you will, of course, have to follow uh, the uh, rules and regulations in place at your destination. And what, another one of the reasons for taking this very carefully and cautiously is the need to look at how other countries are handling it and to make sure that they're roughly portionate to what we're doing in the UK you, uh, when you get to your destination. Are you planning a summer holiday abroad? Are you happy to get on an aeroplane? I, we, I've, I've been so busy with all of this and, and, and much else transport that I'm afraid my mind hasn't turned to holidays uh, as yet. But uh, I would personally um, get on a plane as long as I was absolutely sure, uh, as of course everyone will be, um, that the airlines are following the uh, very detailed guidance. And are you the happy to go to the pub tomorrow or go to a restaurant? Extraordinary survey ahead of Super Saturday and a warning we're going to have from the Prime Minister tonight, don't go crazy, everybody, keep to the rules. Um, but an extraordinary survey showing that um, only 7% of us want to go to the pub tomorrow and only 3% to restaurants. I think it's been the message about being cautious and staying at home. I mean, people have absolutely embraced it. And it's one of the reasons why we've got on top of this virus. And it's understandable that people will want to, you know, cautiously start to uh, come out. And I don't know whether I'll go tomorrow but in the next few days. And I'm sure I uh, will. And particularly if the weather warms up, sit outside um, or with new rules in place, you'll be able to go inside, as you know. Um, but it's going to be table service and all that sort of thing. So it will be different. And I understand that people will want to sort of adjust to it, but I think gradually we'll get there. And the Prime Minister will be saying more about this at the press conference later today. Indeed, got the press conference later today. They're no longer daily, and I have to say my 30-year-old is very grateful for that. She's got a bit of her life back with mum sitting and watching <laughs> the, uh, the news every evening. Uh, but uh, we're told we're going to have new White House-style uh, you know, public you know, press briefings uh, that are going to be televised uh, from now on. Why is the government moving to that style? Well, we're just thinking sort of actually just of you know transparency. We've, one of the features of the lockdown, of course, were the the press conferences um, daily, of which I did um, some of them, and I think that um, you know broadly speaking, uh, it, it, it you know enabled the the press and some members of the public to ask questions and um, you know hear what the what plans were. Um, these. As you know, lobby briefings actually take place every day, twice a day, in fact. And so this is just a decision to put one of those on camera um, so the public can see it directly. And it's just great to to have that sort of air of transparency and it will be a, a welcome innovation uh, in the autumn. Obviously, there'll have to be someone hosting those press briefings. Any suggestions for who should do that? Oh, well, you, Julia, obviously. Oh, but yeah, I couldn't take the pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, but, but that is that is the plan. There'll be somebody hosting them. And, uh, and, you know, I think it will be a... It's long been done um, elsewhere, and I think it's a, a, a piece of modernisation, probably something, frankly, that wouldn't have been about had it not been for the experience of 
all the press conferences um, during the coronavirus. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Right now, uh, joined by Lisa Bloom. She's a victim's rights attorney in LA. Uh, she's an attorney representing six of Jeffrey Epstein's victims, and including one who's still got mos- misconduct claims against Ghislaine Maxwell. This, of course, after Ghislaine Maxwell uh, was arrested and charged yesterday uh, by the uh, FBI. And now more calls facing Prince Andrew back here in the UK to answer the FBI's questions. Well, let's talk to Lisa Bloom right now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. You obviously have keep keep very well indeed. You keep very late hours. Though. I know it's a it's a very early hours of the morning in LA. Very much appreciate you talking to us, Lisa. Um, this development with uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's arrest and charging with her basically grooming and abusing three girls, one as young as fourteen. Uh, big question marks here. Um, she has been regarded as being crucial in terms of a lot of the victims that you've been representing getting justice after the death of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, tell us uh, about the role that you and, and her, the various people you represent believe that the, the, the role that Ghislaine Maxwell played in Jeffrey Epstein's uh, treatment of young women? Well, my client says that Ghislaine Maxwell was absolutely brutal and ruthless. Even just hearing her name yesterday, my client was shaking in fear. She still has post-traumatic stress 
from all of the incidents of abuse that she endured at the hands of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, she says. Uh, Ghislaine is accused of recruiting and enticing so many girls and young women to come to the home of Jeffrey Epstein, girls who may not have trusted this older man who they didn't know, but they did trust a woman who at times could be very friendly and kind and earned their trust and as a result shattered the lives of so many. Ghislaine is now accused not only of aiding and abetting Jeffrey Epstein and his crimes, but also perjuring herself, of, of lying under oath a couple of years ago in a civil deposition. Uh, we're very pleased to see that she's now being brought to justice. Well, indeed, uh, so many of the, the, the alleged victims of Jeffrey Epstein have spoken about her role in initially recruiting them uh, and the role she played uh, in, in the abuse. And uh, her name's cropped up again and again. Although it's only involving three girls in this particular suit involving the, between 1991 and 1997, we know from uh, previous cases uh, brought against Jeffrey Epstein and we know from all of the many, many victims who've come forward, I think it's more than 100 w- uh, young women now, is it not? Uh, who've come forward and if anyone who's seen that four-part Netflix documentary yeah. uh, about Jeffrey Epstein will see the detail. This, these these are these charges being brought against her are the tip of the iceberg of the claims made against her and Jeffrey Epstein. Well, there are some reports that Jeffrey Epstein was abusing as many as three girls a day. So there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of victims. And for every victim who comes forward, there are probably so many others who are just too frightened, too scared, don't want to be involved, don't want to think about this anymore. Uh, I've talked to many of them. So the scale of this is horrifying. It absolutely is. It's extraordinary. Well, let's talk about the implications for uh, Prince Andrew, of course. Uh, the Sun front page in the in the UK today is Bet You're Sweating Now, Andy, a reference, of course, to Prince Andrew's uh, claim. One of one of his uh, defences of the allegations that were made against him uh, by uh, the, one of the one of the uh, alleged victims of Jeffrey Epstein, Virginia Roberts uh, Guffrey, uh, where she said they'd been dancing at a nightclub in, in London. And he said, well, his argument was he wasn't there. He was at a Pizza Express in Woking. But also she said how he was very sweaty. And he said, actually, at the time he had a, a post-traumatic stress disorder, it meant he actually couldn't sweat. So uh, it, I think a lot of guffawing about that in the UK. Um, now she is there. Has, he, he's been wanted by the FBI for questioning as a witness, but he has also faced some allegations. No charges brought against him. He's denied any wrongdoing. I must stress that. But that he did have sex uh, with uh, Virginia uh, Roberts, as she then was, uh, and uh, and that Virginia Roberts had been trafficked by Epstein and Maxwell to London uh, for that purpose. Um, these are very, very serious allegations that he has denied. Um, but uh, given the, the wealth of information and, and the number of witnesses coming forward, do you think it is likely that the FBI will uh, be seeking to question, to attempt to extradite or question in some way uh, Prince Andrew in a more forceful fashion than they've been doing so far? Well, I hope so, because no one is above the law. And now that Ms. Maxwell has been arrested, this isn't just about Jeffrey Epstein, who Prince Andrew says he barely knew, he only saw a few times. But Prince Andrew himself has said that he was quite close with Ghislaine Maxwell. And so even putting aside the very serious allegations against Prince Andrew, he may have information that will be helpful to the case against Ghislaine Maxwell. He may be able to put her at a place and time where the victims say she was there and she denies being there, for example. So it is incumbent upon him to do what he said he would do and cooperate with authorities. And if not, yes, I think that the United States authorities should subpoena him, just like any other witness who may have knowledge about serious crimes, 
to come in and answer questions and give that information. It's very important. Yeah, and indeed, of course, as someone is a a senior royal, a son of the Queen, he has a security detail 24-7 keeping him safe, who are, you know, are independent witnesses to anything happening and also keeping, no doubt, very strict records of where they were, when and who was there at the time, in which case there could be some independent corroboration. A lot of people here on this side of the Atlantic and no doubt on your side as well, wondering why Prince Andrew hasn't volunteered a lot of that information because of his apparent horror of all these young women who are being abused by this man who, who, on whose plane he flew and in whose home he stayed in. Most of us, I think, when we discovered that our good friend uh, or he, you know, someone who we claimed then was an acquaintance, even though he stayed in his house. I don't know about you. I don't stay in my acquaintances' houses uh, or go on their planes. Um, but, uh, but, but, would you not be? You to learn this, these stories about this person. You would be horrified and want to give all the help you possibly could. Of course, the big issue here, though, is whether or not Ghislaine Maxwell decides to uh, do a plea bargain. She's facing what the best part of 30, 40 years behind bars. Um, realistically. She she will know an awful lot of the names of the people who may have been involved in this. We know some of um, the, the, the very, very famous rich men who have travelled on, uh, on on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's plane and stayed in uh, with him. The, the likes of Donald Trump, uh, uh, Bill Clinton's names have been uh, raised as people who have uh, enjoyed his hospitality. Um, it may well be that, that she might be pointing fingers uh, in a bid to um, save her own skin. How dangerous do you think that may be for a number of the men who seem to have been implicated so far? And I'm going to have to jump off after this answer, but of course, I think no, everyone no. should be very concerned. Absolutely. I think what this shows is that the U.S. authorities are very serious about following up with all of the enablers, and this may be just the beginning. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Uh, let's talk about uh, 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 completely different issues right now. Let's talk about school safety and uh, kids going back to school. We had the announcement from the Education Secretary, Gavin Williamson, yesterday about all kids. Yeah, they are primary, secondary. They are going back to school. It's going to be mandatory. No, oh, I'm not sure if it's safe or not. Unless you've got a specific health problem for your child, your child needs to be back in school in September. How safe will it be and how will it work? Well, let's talk to Martin Oliver, who's Chief Executive of Outward Grange Academy Trust, overseeing 32 schools with between them 25,000 pupils. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Now, I know you've been helping to advise the government on the full return uh, of pupils in September as part of these uh, the government's uh, schools recovery advisory group. Do you think, Martin, that enough work has been done so far to make it possible for children to return with social bubbles, no social distancing really, uh, but actually keeping it safe for both pupils, teachers and indeed their families? Yes, yes, I do. Absolutely. Um, and yesterday, I think it was a great day for the profession. I, I just saw lots of positive comments uh, with people being really excited to have children back in September. And it's going to be really important that we try and normalise education again and not traumatise children uh, when, when they return. Um, and, and, and all schools will work hard at this. Is it going to be easy? No, but it's totally doable. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's about it's about making it doable. And I have to say, uh, uh, the NHS we saw this amazing effort from the NHS uh, to to you know get you know enough ventilators, staff coming, retired staff coming back uh, out of retirement. Uh, that real can do attitude to to save people's lives. And I'm afraid a lot of the time we've not seen that in a lot of our schools. Some schools, uh, I'm sure your own, uh, certainly my daughter's school, it's just been absolutely incredible. Providing online lessons from Word Go, doing everything they can. We had a we had a virtual sports day earlier this week, even things like that. And yet we know millions of children 
children, two million children pretty much getting no education at all, millions more getting nothing more than a worksheet, no contact with their teachers weeks on end. Um, there, there are times when, frankly, we've not seen quite the can-do attitude we should have from our teachers. Yeah, I think that's been that's been the case, but it's, it's been incredibly difficult. And schools have just done far more than teaching lessons. They've actually been providing social care, providing food, running food banks. Where it's been it's been a massive effort by by the profession in really quite restricted ways. No one, hardly any school in the country, was prepared to actually manage a pandemic like this and switch no. to online learning. We were fortunate enough in that we've had a really strong system and and actually are now recognised as in what, what, what's known in the sector as an ed tech demonstrator by the um, by the government to help others. But then there's been also real points of light, uh, and, I, and I use that term correctly, uh, for things like the Oak National Academy, um, which we again were a part of in, in, in providing uh, alongside things like GCSE, BBC Bite Size. Yeah, I mean, just, just to remind people, yeah, that that's those are online lessons that are available to every school, every pupil, every parent. For, for, actually, this is what your child right. needs to know for an exam. Yes, that, absolutely. That's right. And you'll find that as we've gone through this period, many schools have actually worked really hard to make their lessons better and moving on to live teaching in some cases. Uh, and actually, as a part of this guidance next year, it's actually now enshrined in the guidance that schools have to provide a level of uh, online learning because there may be cases next year where schools go into, like Leicester, local lockdown, and then it's absolutely paramount that the seamless transition from school learning to home learning because children now cannot afford any longer out of school. Absolutely. And um, and do you think that uh, we are going to be able to catch up all those pupils who have missed out? Because as we know, it's the kids from the, 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 the most disadvantaged backgrounds and the most disadvantaged areas with the worst schools who have got the least amount of teaching and who are the ones who need it most to be able to make a good go of their lives. And we're told that, you know, 10 years of, uh, of work to catch up on, you know, move move towards more you know, equal uh, you know, education system has just been thrown out the window do you think we can actually catch those children up yeah i'm really confident about that and again just talk about my own experiences in outward grange academies trust and half of our children half of those twenty-five thousand, are classed as disadvantaged and we work in some uh, really challenging areas as well as some affluent areas of the full mix and we just know that some children will have had a dreadful time during the, the last three months and five months before the return in September. But equally, there are thousands of children that have actually had a uh, really good time working at home and learning how to work uh, and be a part of their communities. So I don't think it's going to be quite the disaster that everyone paints out, okay. uh, but it is going to require a national effort, uh, first of all, to make sure that children are back. And as you said in the introduction, attendance is compulsory again it's it's a it's a massively important part of our of our history as a country i think it was a 19th century 1880 when education became compulsory for five to ten year olds uh, and, and i think we just need to make sure that every child with lots of support uh, and not focusing on the headlines that are talking about finding finding parents Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.